You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With Jamie Roberts, draws the man. And away goes Lloyd Williams, out of position, the scrum half on the wing. And here's Gareth Davis, he's backed it up and he's scored! What a try for Wales! Welcome to another episode of the Attacking Scrum Podcast, where Welsh rugby matters. Another week and another defeat for Wales. It's one out of four for the Welshmen in the Rugby World Cup warm-up games. But does it matter? Have we learned anything? Does Gatland know his best team? And what can we expect in Japan in just two weeks' time? Dan Killick is alongside me. In fact, we're in the uh, illustrious surroundings of the Killick kitchen for the first time in a while. Uh, It looks like you've been doing some extensive preparation there, Dan. You've got a torn bit of paper, one of your daughter's Crayola (laughs) (laughs) Crayola, uh, colouring in pens. And yeah. you've got two Irish names written down there. So it looks as though you've, uh, you've been extensively researching for this, taking your position very seriously. I have, yeah. And as you know, I don't usually prep, but um, this is what... I know that very well. This, <laughs> this was... Um, I don't know, I, I kind of forgot about the game. And when I was trying to sort of think back to it, not a great deal was coming into my head. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to write down uh, a few bits. And I got two points, two, well, two names, and that was it. Well, well, we'll look forward to hearing those names. I'm sure everyone's waiting with absolutely breath yeah. to find out who they are. But you're right; it was something of a something of a forgettable game. Largely speaking, I think a lot of these have been. It almost feels like the phony war is over now, and and the real rugby can get going in in a fortnight. Yeah. It's kind of a bit of a relief, isn't it, to see the back of them? Um, I think that would kind of be the same if we got four wins, even. Do you? Yeah, I think it's a bit different with four wins because you go into it with much more of a positive outlook. But You do, but I think we all just want to want the World Cup to start now. We do. That said, you know, you look at England by comparison, who've won three out of four and have looked very impressive at home. Feels like there's a bit of a bandwagon building with them. Would you, you know, we've said before Wales don't like to be favourites, particularly. Is it almost a bit better that we've started going down that path where people are writing us off and we can turn up in Japan with 
with more modest expectations than perhaps it would have been if we'd have won four out of four. Yeah, I think it it'll probably benefit us, doesn't it has done in the past, but would I would I rather that we'd won the four games? Yep. Yeah. Um but it's not a bad position for us to be in, isn't it? It takes a fair bit of the heat off it and Gatlin seems to like that that position and we're kinda of used to it. So yeah, hopefully we'll we'll just slip under. All right, well before we get underway, a quick word as always for our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. Another season with the Attacking Scrum sponsored by our good pals at So Coffee Trades. Uh, it's great quality coffee run by our mate Scott Otten, the Ospreys hooker. And if you love your coffee, make sure you head to socoffeetrades.co.uk to get your hands on some. First part of the show is front five, the five top headlines of the week. And yeah, it was a little bit harder this week, Dan, I'm not going to lie. It's not like, you know, last week I think we were almost spoiled with the the squad announcements, there's no shortage of things to talk about. This is almost like the in-between week before things really get going. It's a 10-minute show, this one, isn't it? <laughs> Do you know, it might be the way I'm feeling at the moment. <laughs> you're looking a bit peaky. Yeah. A bit Actually, a... you're looking the same colour as that uh, that Irish-coloured top. It is, yeah, well, I think a bit more as Wales away green. Right oh, OK. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, yeah, a bit of a... Bit of a session yesterday, so do feel a little bit peaky. But let, let's not let get let's not let that get in the way of a, of a good show. Let's start with headline one. We've we've kind of discussed this already, Dan. But let's go into a bit more detail. Wales win one from four. Does it really matter? It doesn't matter, no, in any way, does it? But would it have mattered if it was north from four? If we hadn't have closed out yeah. that England game. Would I it? Think, yeah, the England game was that was a that was a good win, a solid mm. win, especially when you look at how well they've gone. So I think Gatland will be all right. Yeah. We, we, you know, we didn't show a. I mean, looking at you, looking at yesterday. If we move on to yesterday's game, then I thought the first half we were we were decent. Thought we played all right. Um, and they come, yeah, we're going to come on to that a, li- a little bit later, and particularly kind of the the areas that did and didn't go so well. But looking at the campaign as a whole, it just feels like that that fourth game is a really awkward one. It's been it's been mentioned a bit in the press. Gatland's spoken about it. Is four too many? And it probably is. But you know what I mean? Like even one yeah. win, one win from three. If you'd have beaten England and then you'd have you'd have lost a game against Ireland with an experimental side, got caught a bit cold at Twickenham. That feels right. But one from four does feel like yeah. it's not it's not particularly good form. No, it's it's, it's not. I mean, the the England game was it was a great win because that was a full on Test match. I think was so. it. Again, I, for yeah. me, the intensity was was, was yeah. right up there. I think yesterday as well, there was it was physical, very mm. very physical. It was it was the island that we you know that we've that we expected yeah. and it was disappointing from that regard because we you know we just completely fell asleep in the second half so I think that that part of it that game yesterday is it's a little bit harder to take the other games that we that we lost I think I, I find I, I kind of I kind of alright with mm. but yesterday was a little bit um, a little bit frustrating it's, it's interesting because the team selection I thought we said last week if it was us mm. in charge we'd have probably sent out a pretty experimental lineup. Yeah, when we went after some of the players, and it, we it pretty, wasn't fully loaded, but it certainly it was, wasn't far off. Yeah, it was pretty loaded, wasn't it? And I like the fact that Gatlin said that he'd spoken to a number of the players and said, you know, they said, didn't they, we we want to play. Mm. Um, so he involved them, but I think he'll take he'll take a fair few positives from the you know from the first half, and then in the second half, the the fact that they had so much ball yet didn't score. You know, didn't didn't do a huge amount with it, um, but at the end of the day, they're not really concerned that they won. Yeah, and I do know. wonder that though. We said to start with that you kind of feel like Gatland is using these as as training exercises on the pitch. You almost feel like that second half was 
right, this is great because you're going to get some some real preparation of defending your own line. But it was brief. So had a lot of missed tackles yesterday. It was. Which you're not used to seeing. A lot see. of pens. And I know, yeah, a lot of pens. And I know it's good to get these out of the way now. I just think that what you would have liked to have seen is, is a gradual progression. But mm. I don't know, is it going to be yeah. completely different when when we take to the field against against Georgia and then Australia more, more importantly afterwards? Yeah, I mean, I don't think... Uh, there's some school of thought, isn't there, that we... You know, we were happy potentially to to just defend, you know, to defend for large parts in that second yeah. half to get ourselves to the battle hardened for the, you know, for the. I don't think that was the case at all. I think they completely they completely outplayed us. Really, um, Ireland were Ireland. Were we were we deliberately missing tackles? No. Mm-hmm. Were we deliberately giving penalties away? No. So it wasn't tac- It wasn't tactical. No, of course we, not. What we, I think we wanted to win that game. Yeah. Um, and that's that. That'll hurt. Mm-hmm. You know. It'll hurt the staff a little bit, but they'll they'll move it. They'll move it on very very quickly, um, and they'll just look at the positives of the first half in the England game, and and it won't be a huge amount more in it. But it does it does it'll knock your confidence a little bit, won't it? When they're coming down the channels, playing really tight, and it it you know we we held them for 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 a good while, but you can't you can't ultimately stop them, can you? It's like Leinster, isn't it? Leinster coming down when we went over mm. and watched them against the Scarlets. They it was. But that said, Ireland turned up in Cardiff for the Six Nations game, which ultimately was the Grand Slam winning game. They tried to play that way, were completely done at the yeah. breakdown and, and blown away. But, so, we, but we, didn't have, we didn't have anything to counter them in this, did we? From, 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 from the seat I was in anyway, it looked as if we were tackling and, and looking, to, um, uh, you know, looking to stop them through, through, through tackles, basically. Mm. But we didn't negate them when we had the... Uh, when we had the limited ball that we had then, yeah. we did very little with it. Um, and we came up with a plan, didn't we, when they came to, when they came to us, when they yeah. came to town, to, to, to sort of stop them. I mean, one of them was simply that we were as physical or more physical. We just didn't have it. Yeah. We didn't have it there. Which is a bit of a concern. Right? If you go with a... Yeah. That has been Wales' default game in big matches under Gatland has been to resort to power. It has, but... And it looked like that was the game plan when, you know, Hadley Park's ran that great line and smashed through it. You know, didn't even yeah. need to smash through, did he? No. He, he kind of went through a, a big gap. But, you know, you saw glimpses of the power game there, but ultimately Ireland were more powerful, which is potentially a concern going into the world. That's where I wonder whether part of it was we've always, you know, m- mentally then we, we can switch off. Mm. As a side, we seem to switch off easier than most, don't we? It's almost like a light switch. We knock ourselves off and we were there ish first half yep. and we brought it against in the England game but then the, the, if you think of the first game against England we were yeah. completely off the pace they they completely dominated us and then literally the next game we took it up a level we look like a totally different side so yeah. we can we can do that and I think it's not it's not a huge a huge concern it's, just, it's a bit disappointing but we'll be alright alright let's move on to headline number two Wales and attack now this is something that's been a bit of a theme throughout the yeah. preparation games and a lot of possession in that first half yeah, Wales didn't create a great deal and didn't look like scoring a lot of tries, to be honest. And the try that did come was really off the back of was off the back of a, an intercept. Yeah, we haven't scored we haven't we haven't scored many many points have we with 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 ball in hand and we haven't looked in any way threatening really. I think yesterday then we when we did look to move it wide, Henshaw did a fantastic job mm. of 
I thought he was he was great all game, but he he, he knew when to come into the line, yeah. and he just negated any sort of wide play that we could possibly have. And their guys were their outside backs were tackling and literally back up on their feet mm. super quick. Um, so I think Schmidt done his home done his homework there. But in the rest of the games, yeah, we've looked a little bit a little bit off the pace, really, haven't we? And I think we are holding certain strike moves back. But do you think so? Yeah, I do. This is definitely this is something that's been raised in by some of the questions from our listeners, okay. which we'll come on to later. Yeah. But yeah. that's a really interesting one. Yeah, but obviously we'll go on to that a bit later. But I think it is a worry in the white that we haven't been able to get our wide game going because that is not that's basically fluid play. Mm. You know, strike moves are different. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so yeah. it is a concern the the, the wide game. Um, and just the way in which we play, I think I thought Patchell when we when he was on, we looked different. We looked, we were moving it around mm. a fair bit. We were causing them a few issues, um, and then it didn't it didn't it didn't quite happen thereafter. Yeah, I agree. And we're going to come on and talk about and talk about the backs in a lot more detail later on. But yeah, I, I don't think it was just yesterday either. It's definitely felt like yeah. it's been a common theme throughout. Even you know the game we did win against England. That try came from a bit of opportunism, a you know a quick a quick penalty that, that we kind of caught them unaware. So it does feel a little bit as though we're reliant on those on those first phase first phase moves to to kind of cut a defence open and and a that, huge defensive display from us. Yeah, well, look, I, you know, I, I think let's be honest, Six Nations was fantastic, but again, it was built on defence. I, I don't really see. I don't really see that that changing a great deal going into the World Cup, and and if I'm honest, I'm not too worried about it. I know people say you've got to you've got to score tries to to win Test matches. Yes, you do, but the World Cup they can often be tight, cagey affairs. Quarter we said this before. Quarterfinals, big pool games, they can be tight, cagey affairs. Are we going to score five tries to Australia's four? I don't see that happening. What Wales have got to do is take their opportunities when they happen, yeah. and they have to be. You cannot afford to have those missed tackles that there were yesterday. They're going to have to get these things absolutely right, as they did throughout the bulk of the Six Nations. That awful performance against France aside, Wales were very, very good in the big games. Yeah, we England, England we got it absolutely right uh, against Scotland. Yes, it was a little bit, a little bit tense at times, but I thought we got it right. And then against Ireland. Absolutely, absolutely nailed it in terms of game plan. So, you know, I don't think we're going to expect, regardless of who plays outside half, I don't think we're going to expect Wales to play expansive, open, 70s-style rugby. I think it is going to be about being very, very efficient, doing a job at the breakdown, being powerful, getting over the game yeah, line. which is exactly what we haven't been, if we? we haven't been no, efficient. Haven't been accurate, I think we, we seem... Um, yeah, discipline seems off. We seem... I don't know whether we're, we're we're mentally a fair bit tired, but the the amount of penalties, the missed tackles, the knock-ons, the passing, I think, has been mm. poor. So there's there's quite a lot that we're we're not we ju- we just on every element we're slightly off the off the yeah. off the pace. Um, but I yeah it, I'm looking forward to that question later on because I do think we're right. uh, we're holding stuff back. Good, let's stick with Rhys Patchell. Obviously, injury yeah. concern with him going off in the first half, not returning. Almost, if it was any other player, with the with the exception of you know maybe North and Halfpenny, you wouldn't be as worried with a with a concussion because they haven't had a, a long a long series of it. Yeah. And you treat it as a precaution. But with someone who has had a number of head injuries this season, is that a bit more of a concern? 
Yeah, it's a concern, isn't it? He took. He seems to take two hits, didn't he? Mm. Took the first one, and then he took another one as he went yep. down. And yeah, just because it's partial, isn't it? Um, and our ten situation is uh, is thin and threadbare. Plus, he was playing well. Missed a couple of early ta- mm. missed a couple of early tackles, didn't he? But then he started to put in a few. Um, yeah, I, I, I think teams will teams will naturally target him. If me and you were coaching another side, you're gonna you're gonna want to be sending teams right yeah. down his channel. Yeah, you, um, you mentioned this a lot because as you know, I was a big fan of Reese Patchell when he was playing at at his best, kind of going back 12, 18 months, and I was keen to see him a bit more involved with the Wales setup. But you've said for a long period of time that that is the area of his game that needs that needs tightening up if yeah. he's going to succeed at international level. Yeah, teams target his defence and also then it whoever whoever's playing inside centre then has to has mm. to do a fair bit of covering for him, which slightly takes them off their game. Um so it does have a it does have a a, a, a fair impact mm. plus you've got a winger as well then potentially looking to help out so it, 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 it it's it's not easy but he he um a couple of couple of tackles aside he did all right didn't he um, but it's, it's, that is a concern for me anyway within playing 10. Yeah, I think as well, it was almost a bit of a reward for him for the performance he put in the week before. It was actually, right, you're going to go out and get 60 minutes to show what you're capable of, and you didn't get a chance to, to do that. So I don't, I don't think however good a performance he'd have put in yesterday, he would have been threatening bigger for the, for the first choice 10 shirt. I think that is his no. for right now. And he did, did you, I thought he played well, what do you think? Patchell. Yeah. Yeah, decent. You know, I think there was a, enough in there to suggest that he's he's played his way back into form and offers something very, very mm. different to the organisational good structured kicking game that Bigger offers you. So, you know, I, I, providing he can stay fit. Yeah, and, he, this, yeah. and this isn't, you know, this isn't too much of a of an injury worry, then he will be coming off the bench and will have a big role to play, whether or not it's it's coming on to try and change the game because we need a try or whether it's actually a question of of coming on and, and being the fresh legs, but keeping things keeping things tight because he has got a massive boot on him. He is capable of creating things, but his kicking game, although nowhere near as, as finished as big as, he has all the raw components to be a to be a good finishing ten who can offer you control as well as offering you flair. I think. Yeah, I agree, and I think that he. Um... The time that he was on will really help him in the World Cup because that was, you know, that was a, that was a strong Irish side, and he looked comfortable, looked really composed. So I think going forward, just it's a shame he got that knock. Yeah, but I think that'll hold him in good stead coming into the, uh, you know, coming into the World Cup now. Cool. Well, we've got a couple more headlines to get through, and we've got loads of listeners' questions this week. So looking forward to getting stuck into those. There's some really good ones which have come through. And all of that will be coming up in the second half, which is after this very short break. Welcome back to the Attack and Scrub podcast. Headline number four, Dan. Let's talk about Ireland. I know you were keen to do so with your extensive notes there. How impressed were you with the Irish performance to put a bit of context around Wales? They did. They did exactly what we know they can do. And when they when they play to their strengths, this it's very very difficult to stop, isn't it? I thought James Ryan had a wonderful game. Mm. He's, he's some player, isn't he? Uh, Robbie Henshaw was great. Um, it's good to see him back on the park. Didn't quite realise how quick he was. Um, Defence, he was good. Good he's pa- neat and tidy. Good isn't passing he? game. Yeah, he really... know, he's not an eye catching centre in terms of making 
You know, he's not like Ringrose, for example, who's a very, no. very exciting player with ball in hand. Henshaw is much more organised, neat and tidy. And But he, he's, he's, yeah. he's a very good option for uh, for Ireland at 12. Yeah, I like... I, yeah, he looks... They look really settled, you know, both inside and the outside backs when he's when he's mm. there. So that was a massive plus for them. Um yeah, I was I was I was impressed. I think they'll if they can play like that, they'll be a handful because you know Sexton was good, physical. Yeah, you know we 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 tried to put in a couple of hits on him. He rode them well. I still think it all hinges on um, Sexton for yeah for Ireland. I think if he's off colour as he was for a little bit of the Six Nations, they look vulnerable. Uh, you know, as England did a very good number on him in the, the opening weekend of the Six Nations. I thought we had the better of him, and he was and he was a bit out of form by the time that they turned up in Cardiff. However, we know what he's capable of, and when he plays at his best, as he did against the All Blacks in in November, and masterminded that, he's so so crucial to their yeah. game. It's testament to how good he is, isn't it? Because you know how he's going to play. He doesn't change mm. the way he plays. He's exactly the same every game, but more often than not, he he plays well. And I thought he had a good game. Um, so they they can. They'll be. They're going to be contenders, aren't they? Mm. They're going to. They're going to be a handful. That's the thing. Is I think it really is wide open. For me, I see two clear favourites for the World Cup in New Zealand and South Africa. I'm I th- very. I much think England board. as well. And then I think below that, England, Wales, Ireland, Australia, and not. There, there's not a lot to separate those teams. I think it's about who turns up on the day. Now, the big question with England is: Can they do it away from Twickenham? That's the big question yeah. for me. They've not looked as good away from away from their home ground. At some point, though, they they have to, don't they? Because it's been, you know, tournament after tournament. Uh, yeah, you know what? They're due um, one. They're due they're, one because yeah. since since the Rugby World Cup win in two thousand and three, they had that almost dirty dozen magnificent seven style performance in in two thousand and seven, where you know this ragbag bunch of misfits coached themselves to the final. Then they were complete flops in 2011, even more so in 2015. You feel like they're due one. Now, the thing for me is all on Eddie Jones. And I think you know, the honeymoon period of the winning streak and the Grand Slam is very much a distant memory. The big thing that I think could go in England's favour is Eddie Jones's coaching record at Rugby World Cups is pretty impressive. You look back at 2003, he coached Australia to the final. You know, Probably they, that would have been a disappointment for that side to not win it. 2007, he was a consultant with South Africa when they lifted the, the tournament, lifted the trophy, sorry, under Jake White. And then you, you look at what he did in, in 2015 mm-hmm. with Japan. So He likes the World Cup. I think he likes the World Cup in the same way that Gatland has a good record at World Cups. Yeah, yeah. So that's something that I think could be could be very, very interesting. Yeah, and Very interesting point. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, the main thing for them is I think they've they've stumbled across some... Well, not, not even stumbled across. They've got some seriously good players in the back row. They seem to have kept Vanapola fit, which is huge for them because I think they're a different side when he plays. And instead of playing Courtney Laws at six, who's a fine player, but definitely not an international mm. blind side, they're playing the likes of Curry yeah. and Underhill, who are very dynamic back row forwards, who are good over the ball. They're quick, athletic, and, and anyone would that, want to play alongside them. That's where it's frustrating for... For, for for Welsh fans because they've actually they've actually got a got a back row. Mm. They've got they've got a couple of sevens, haven't they? 
Oh yeah, they have. And, and you know, I joked for a long period yeah, of time and, that, and they're selecting sevens. Yeah, I mean, they had they had a number of sevens before. They just didn't select them. But, yeah, but yeah, they're going to. I think they're going to be there or thereabouts. Yeah, it's interesting. They were very powerful and, and dynamic up front. I'm still intrigued as to what they're going to do behind the scrum. I'm, you know, George Ford is a is a good player. I don't know that I've ever been one who's believed all the hype around him. I think Farrell is probably a better organisational ten and has that mentality to deliver the absolute top level. So I'm still intrigued to see how that plays out. Do you think he knows, Eddie? I think he does, and I think he's going to go with Ford, but I wonder whether there is a, there is that question mark. Mm. So, look, you know, selection, as we've said a number of times, that's why you get paid the big bucks, because the selection calls in big Six Nations, Grand Slam, Rugby World Cup games, that's what... That can be that can be a, a really the determining factor. Yeah, and they are one of the hardest sides to actually select mm. a fifteen because of the amount of they've players got they've got. Of depth, yeah. yeah, I think it was a bit of a wake up call for us these these warm up games because we've been saying how good Wales' strength and depth is, and it is, but it's being tested. And I think you notice the difference between a Wales side that has Alan Jones, Justin Tipperick, bigger John Fox. Liam Williams half penny in it I think that is a noticeable side from when you've got a side with with, with no disrespect to these players the you know the Hallam Amos yeah. is and, and those players who are all really good individuals but when there's a few of those key crucial ones that's where I think you notice Wales not being at the same level whereas I think England can drop a few of those players in and out and, and still be and still be big performers yeah, they can. I mean, there's an argument, isn't there, that their second or third side is, is as good as their first. Mm. You, you, you could you could you could say that. Um, I, yeah, I think that they, the, the potential weaknesses in some key positions. You know, as I said, you know, I think there's still a, a debate as to, uh, around ten. I think nine is is perhaps this. This is where I can see a few sides coming unstuck. Is to win World Cups, you need world class halfbacks. Again, look at all the sides here, particularly scrum half. I would say. Because you look at the sides who've won, who've won rugby world cups in the past. You know you had your David Kirk captain in the All Blacks in '87 from nine. Nick Farr Jones in '91, '95. You had Van der Vesthuizen doing you know almost revolutionising yeah. what scrum halves did. It wasn't what scrum halves. No, it wasn't. 1999. That's George Gregan, one of the best nines that the world's ever seen. Matt Dawson in 2003. Big big fan, weren't you? Oh, the one player I cannot no, I I, can't I, stand I, the rest of that team I've kind of I've made my peace you now, with, like, but yeah 2007 Furry Dupree for South Africa yeah 2011 Piri Wipu did a you know did a huge job for them mainly in the lead up to the to the final and 2015 it's like a library yeah Jeez. yeah 2015 you had Smith pulling the strings to the All Blacks now in England's case are, is Ben Youngs or, or Willie Hines up to that level? No. Yeah. Is Gareth Davis up to that level? He's going to have to step up, a, a, you know, a step up a big, a big step, I think, to get to that. To can, get to the, the can, can he get? Can he go up that run? Possibly. I, I'm not sure yet. All I'm saying is that I think you need a world class nine and really a world class ten outside you, without boring everyone with who's played ten for all the sides who won it. They're, they're just such crucial positions. And and Gareth Davis will have to make a massive which, step up if Wales are going to contend. Likewise, England. So when we're on Ireland, which they they're nine and ten. Yes, I think on their on their day they are world class match winners. Although Murray, I know a lot of Irish think that 
he's been off. You know, he's been off yeah. the money, off the money for a while. But he'll it's Murray, so he'll yes. play. But Murray at his best and Sexton at his best. Yeah, and Ireland in that regard can be competitors. You know, now actually, I think that's where, in terms of a ten, that's where Wales benefit from bigger because I know people don't don't won't necessarily say he's world class in terms because he's not an eye catching ten, but he is but, so ruthlessly efficient. But what he does well, he is world class. Yeah, and, and mentality best, wise, and mentality wise, he, yeah. he is he is right up there. Yeah, you know, nine. I think I think Gareth Davis still has to. Gareth Davis is an international class nine. He's not a world class nine at the moment. I think you could also bring in that that nine ten, and you look at eight as well. Yeah. And particularly for Wales, then as we've lost, haven't we? We've lost our eight, nine, and ten. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. So you know, we, we're, um, and, and we will be coming onto the back row definitely yeah. later uh, as well because it's a really. Interesting whilst we're on nines, yeah. How did you think Thomas played? I thought there's enough there to say to suggest that he's going to feature heavily for Wales. I thought the service was quick, and you know, there's a few there's a few bits and pieces that he's still finding his feet, but he's got he's got such raw talent. That, you know, you know, I'm a, I'm, yeah. a massive, I'm a massive fan of his, but he's got, you know, he, he is he's going as number two nine, and I think rightly, Gareth Davis has the experience, and that is what's that's what's going to hold him in good stead. Gareth Davis has won big games at nine for Wales, so you know he is the established nine, yeah. but I think Thomas has has a lot to offer, and you know, all 23 players will feature during any pretty much any game during the World Cup, so he's yeah. going he's going to be there. It was good to see him start. For me, I thought he he struggled a little bit at times, mm-hmm. which is not to be. You know, it's not unexpected, really, is it? Because he's be, he's been playing in a role where he comes off the he comes off the bench. Yeah. I do really like that role. Um, but um, yeah, I think he'll. Um, there was a few. I think he would have learned a fair bit from that. Yeah, yeah, I think so, and that's that's the only that's way it's about. Do it. It. You know, in the same way that everyone was. To seem to take any any Jared Evans basher seem to take great delight in the week before and saying, "Oh, he's not up to international class." You have to find these things out at international level. Now, I th- as I said last week, I think Jared Evans will be back. I think he is international. He he has the potential to be international class, but the step up is big, and yeah. you can't do it in one game. No, and you also can't. I don't think you can you can pass comments like that as well after after a half. No, I agree. A half game of inter of of, of, of international rugby. with a mix and match. Starting fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, last one, Dan. Let's let's try and finish on a positive. Set piece. I felt that went a lot better yesterday than it had. There were some lineout steals. The some our own lineout seemed to be good. The scrum seemed to be a lot more solid. Scrum scrum went very well first half, didn't it? When Jones, I thought, mm-hmm. you know, was was very very good. Um, Francis, I think, put in a good shift up front and in the yeah. loops. I thought he. He put himself about, mm-hmm. and Elliot D had a great scrummaging performance. Um, I messaged Elliot saying that uh, you know I thought 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 you went well. Did he reply, Dan? He did, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, That's it. Hobnobbing hob yeah. with the players, right? Re- replied saying, "Who is this?" <laughs> <laughs> no. This is, this is you trying to manufacture a move to Harlequin so you can sell him a house, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, Watch but, this space. The scrum, that was a big positive, though, wasn't it? Like, yeah, set yeah, piece. Yeah, it was a lot better. Um, so a lot we can t- a lot we can take from that. Um, then it went a little awry second half. Yeah, it did. As, other, ev- as everything seemed to. There's, there's a few other words in there, but um, <clears throat> yeah, take some positives from that first half. Cool. All right. Well, let's let's move on to the listeners' questions because we've got loads. Of these. They're big positives as well, mate. Because yeah, they of, are. because of the annihilation that the scrums had. Um, 
I, I really enjoyed it. With the annihilations that the scrums had, and he left out two of his more experienced front row forwards in Is that Samson gonna, Lee and Rob Evans. Does that mean we're going to see a few changes in terms of who's, who's the starters? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's, uh, let's start with that one, because I know it's, uh, it's something that has been, has been raised by some of our listeners. Let me find out exactly who... Oh, Dan, that was the perfect segue, and I've overrun it. You know I mean, you've given you me that perfect, on me. You've, you've drawn two players in and popped it up to me, and I've knocked it on with the line at my mercy. Right, it's from, uh, again, regular, regular contributor to the show, Robert Giannotti. Uh, did we see our best starting front five in Dublin, struggling to justify Smith, Owens or Beard being better, being in better form than Wynne Jones, Elliot D and Jake Ball? Don't need Smith's turnovers if you have two sevens in the back row. What do we make of that? Okay, I'm going to bounce around a little bit on this. I think so Nicky, with Nicky Smith's turnovers, I think mm. you, they, they'll help. Yeah, they're going to help whether you've got a, whether you've got back rows on absolutely or, or, or you not. Can never have enough turnovers. Yeah, and he he always gets a few. He gets he gets a minimum of two. Mm. Um, they're bit and they're usually big big momentum shifters, aren't they? Um, so that's going to that's going to be crucial, but. Win Jones, Win Jones was solid. Yeah, he was very, very solid. Um, it's a, there's, there's just a massive level of comfort, isn't there, to hold that when we're holding up their scrum because yeah. they're they're a, they're a big scrummage in size. Mm-hmm. Um, then you link in Elliot D. I've always liked his his scrummaging. Um, he's a scrummaging famously so, Dan. Yeah, he's a scrummaging hooker, I'd say. Got around the park well as well. I think he's, just, and, he's a really good all round hooker. And the line out functioned. I, st- I would still say that Ken, right. Ken Owens is one of the senior members yeah. of that team. I think he's part of the leadership kind of squad. And he'll go out, he'll give you everything for 60 minutes and having Elliot come on and give 20 minutes. I, th- I think Hooker, that, we're, in, we're in decent... Yeah, decent that's the setup. Mid- it'll be, won't it? It'll be Ken but Owens, um, for sure, and Elliot coming off. And that works really well. Yeah. Um, Win Jones, I think, could well be, could well have forced himself, mm. you know, into the front there. Um, with maybe a more looser, you know, prop coming on for him when the game breaks up. Yeah. Because if we're losing a lot of penalties early on and they're slotting the goals, we we're going to be chasing we're going to be chasing games and we need to stay in we need to stay in those games because that's where we where we tend to pick up wins where the points are fairly close. Yeah. And then we tend to back ourselves. Um, Do you we, think when you think Win Jones is edging ahead as the starting loose head? After after that performance, yeah, mm-hmm. and and I don't think we can really argue against that, can we? I think based on what we've seen in the last four games, Win Jones has probably made the most compelling argument to start. Yeah, as Lou said, and there's great things coming out of the coming out of the camp about about how he's scrummaging. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's so you, made, you, he's you made get him on there knowing that your set piece is going to be strong, and then hope that from the start. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Tom Francis is there mm-hmm. for sure. Um, Jake Ball. I would start Jake Ball. I think on current form, he's, he's impressed me actually. And we've said before, I think Seth said recently that we're light on ball carriers and he does give you that option. He, again, yeah, I, I, you know, Beard was very much in pole position, I think, coming into these games. He has not made that shirt his own. I think he has all the, all the attributes to be Alan Jones' starting partner in the second row but he has not quite made that shirt his own yet. And so, yeah, I, I think at the moment, Ball would, be in, Ball would be in pole position. We've still got Corey Hill into the mix here. Now, 
they're not going to take him over there and just if he's fit he'll I think he'll start if I'm honest it may take him a game or two to get up to speed but I think they're targeting the Australia game with Corey Hill starting or certainly certainly playing a big part in the game 20-25 minutes yeah I think he'd do a good job coming off the coming off the bench as well they'll say we are going with ball and the scrum you know the scrum's going to be important with him in there because he adds a lot of a lot of physicality to his scrum time as well plus his ball carrying so for me he's uh He's made a really, really big claim over these last few games. All right, let's stick with the pack. This one from Ian Alexander. Sounding like a broken record here, but Wainwright, has he done enough to force his way into that back row? Wainwright, Tipperick and Navidi would be my personal choice as it stands. Dan, what's the latest on the back row? Well, did he get through something like 26 tackles? Mm-hmm. He played well, didn't he? Played well again. At, he also played well at, when we weren't playing well, mm-hmm. if which is quite difficult to do, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's easy to show up when we're going all right. Yeah, he's making it difficult for for this for the for the selectors. Um, I know you're a big fan, as are I think as everyone is really. Yeah. I wonder whether Tipperick could be somebody that might miss out because I could. I there's a possibility that we well, could um, see. I think I think I think as brilliant as Wainwright has been, he's going to be the impact coming off the bench. And I'll tell you why. Line out. Line out for one, Tipperick. But he's gone well in the line out. He has, but I think Tipperick is has become a go-to a go-to player. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the line out looked a lot better when Tipperick was playing. So I think I think Tipperick gets in there on that. He still offers that turnover, that turnover throughout. You know, I I think he's I think he's utter class, and I think he'll be in there. Agreed. Navidi has proven what a what a warrior he is at this level, so he is in there in some way. So it's a straight shootout between Wainwright and Moriarty. Now, I don't think we have enough ball carriers to pick Wainwright, even though he's in better form. I think you back Moriarty and say that he is going to, and he's going to he's going to find the form at the right time. If Toby was fit, Toby would be playing eight, and I don't think Moriarty would be in the squad. But as it is, I think Moriarty starts at eight with Wainwright on the bench. My thought. I think Moriarty will start as well. Mm-hmm. Navidi will start, mm-hmm. and, and Wainwright will start. I I I just get the feeling that Gatland. We know Gatland loves Navidi. Yeah, I think he really rates. Uh, yeah, oh, there's no doubt rates about Wainwright. It. And I just wonder whether Tipperick. He's 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 dropped him at times before. He has. He's been the one that he has has unfortunately taken a. There was a period of time where he he actually. I'm going back, you know, four or five years now, but. He missed out on the spot on the bench and they went yeah. through the phase of picking James King on the bench and and Tipperick was out of the, even, the squad. But Even I, when Tipperick was playing, you know, Tipperick had that period when he was mm. dropped, when he was playing really well and we were screaming, weren't we, saying he's got to be in the side. We're past those days, but then that just that's why it just, I just think... But let's be, let's be honest, he's I would also taken him on two Lions tours. He has, yeah. He's capped him in, in one of those yeah. tours. He's so. I think he knows what yeah. what class he is. You know how big a fan I am as well. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. I would have have Wayne right on the bench and have him there coming on hungry. And you can't make. Mm. You know that if you make an error, he's coming on, and he's pretty much error free at the moment. Really, he's missed a couple of tackles, but that's about it. He's done very very well. So I, I would think, I wouldn't yeah. change it. But it'd be interesting to yeah. see uh, to see what he does do. Right, this is one that you touched on. This is from Richard Needs, who's listening in the sunnier climes of the Gold Coast. 
Do you think Gatland has held back a lot of tactics in the warm-up matches, particularly attacking patterns? I think he has. And then he adds, I listen every week, great podcast, which is nice. Thank you, Richard. So what are we saying, Dan? Has he held back certain moves? Yeah. Have we just not had the opportunity to try them? Will we be seeing a few, a few kind of, a few specials come Rugby World Cup? We'll, we'll, we will. We've held back certain strike moves. Gatland always has a plan, and we haven't seen a great deal at all have we over these four games. So he won't be showing his hand. Um, and there'll be certain, there'll be a lot of stuff that we worked on, you know, during the build-up that the guys will all know. In, certain, in these positions, we'll be we'll be running these certain moves. Was we see next to none of them, and over the last, I'd say the last two years, we've probably had more moves, more more movement than we've seen in a in probably ten years. Um, so yeah, there's definitely stuff we're holding back. For me, I hope so. I do hope so. I think it's been disruptive having Anscombe miss out because I'm fairly certain he was number one. You know, he would have gone into the World Cup as number one choice with lots of things that running through him. That can't have helped, can it? It can't have helped. And I want to add this one into the mix while it's while we're talking about 10. So, again, this is one from uh, from Aaron Anthony, or Aaron Anthony, depending on how you pronounce it. He's taking two recognised outside halves a risk. If so, should we have had a utility player who can cover 10, 12 and 15, as, we, as we've done in the past with... Hook and Henson, etc. And another one from Ricky Ford. What do we think of JJ Williams's comments of a few weeks ago now? So a few a few things there to to pick through. Dan, should there be a utility back in there? And was JJ Williams right in terms of our creativity from ten? I still don't think JJ's comments were, you know, were right and were fair. Um, so I'll stick with I'll stick with that. But yeah, bigger was bigger struggled a bit yesterday. Um, but he's going to, I think he's going to at times. And we lost. We didn't lose the battle with him. I'd say we lost it physically. Mm-hmm. We lost it up front. So it can't really be. We can't really hold it on him. It's very very different as a ten, isn't it? If you're going if you're going backwards, there's very very, very few tens that can get yourself out of that. So. Uh, that's my point on that. And with a utility back, is a good point. Is there? We've got a we've got a few utility backs in there. Amos being one, but he's not a ten. Can't play ten. He's not a ten. No, but we've got we've got backs that can play in out in other positions. Mm. Yeah, if we had if we had a player that they obviously felt was was good enough, then I think they'd be there. But who you know, there's a few options, aren't there? Probably a couple of the boys playing in England, but. Yeah, again, I think someone suggested Owen Williams at some point. He's not played enough rugby. For me, I would have taken Jared Evans just to have three tens, so you can use them in rotation, and then Patcher also can cover you at 15. So I'd have taken, as we said last week, I'd have probably left Hallam, Amos back home and taken taken Jared Evans in that role. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's difficult when you have a utility player to build your trainings around mm. having a some, number ten. Yeah, having yeah. somebody that can play fifteen centre mm. ten and maybe isn't you know if they're going to be utility, they're probably not a master of any one of those, so they drift between. Very difficult to to, to work out your game plans. Um, so I wouldn't go with it. I wouldn't go with it. Sticking with attacking play, this one's from Win Griffiths. Is there a reason we pass along the line without committing defenders? Losing any men, uh, losing any men over advantage that we have. 
This this is a bit of a concern for me because when we've not been playing well, I think back to 2017 when Gatlin was away with the Lions and Howley was in charge. Even when we scored tries, we didn't look like we were going to score them, if you know what I mean. We needed like a five on three in order to score. So that is a bit of a concern to me and I hope that it's something we're going to be able to rectify in time. But that, that is definitely something that, that is a bit of a worry because when we're not playing our best, we do struggle to commit and, and play what's in front of us. That is where Anscombe has helped us out because he's kept the defensive guessing and he does take to the line and quite often, even though he's slight, he's deceptively strong and he'll, he will cut, cut back inside. Mm-hmm. And if he cuts back inside, then the other players cut inside and we, we, set, we, we seem to stop this this drift play that we've seen a lot of with Wales where we, where we pass it along yeah. and we almost, we almost we're passing it well we are we're passing, passing it to touch, touch yeah. it happened a lot yesterday where George North had the ball out on the wide right because we hadn't made any hadn't made any significant advances the thing that I hope will happen by the time the World Cup rolls around is for all of his quality John Fox is one of the most selfish players you'll ever see but more often than not, he gets it right. Whether it's that big fend, huge or, fend, or a dummy, he love that fend. He's, he's got a great, he's got a great record of finishing. And when he's playing at his best, I think that's where people are very, very wary of leaving him on his light, on his own. And that can create space for others, or he can go through the gap himself. Liam also helps, doesn't yeah. he, in those situations with him cutting, cutting nice lines. Mm. Okay, he's another, which another greedy player. Which when it's working well. But there's similarity with saying yeah. John John Fox is I don't know whether it's greed or whether he just make, he makes the right mm. the right call. I think Liam does sometimes hold on to it a little bit too long. John holds on to it for the right reasons, then gives it, doesn't he? And often we're away. So the passing is We've not seen a lot of Liam either actually during this. Again, another cameo. I know they've been kind of there's been a, an injury worry or two. But when he's in that side, whether it's a full back or on the wing that's what I mean about it. He is he's a world class player for me. There's a reason why he Absolutely. features in Saracen's starting lineup and why when he's fit he'll be in that Wales side and he started for the Lions. This guy is is world class when he's when he's playing his best. We're gonna need with bigger at ten, we're gonna need to use Liam a lot. We're also I wanna see us using North and Adams more. We they're not they're not getting the hands on the ball mm. at all. And I don't know whether this is a tactic that we're holding back, but we're not using those two boys um, on on the tighter channels off ten. Yeah. So I, I, th- I I'm hoping that that's a tactic because when we do use those two, Adams is is dangerous, very very dangerous. He's also very physical, and North we we know we know what he can do. Then the back row tend to pick up, pick and go. The front row can all do it as well. And we get that pick-and-go game going, which we haven't seen any of over these last four games, which has really assisted us. So I'm thinking that not only are we holding stuff back in the backs, we're also holding that link-up play with those two and Liam maybe coming off the 10 and then working in nicely with the the forwards. Yeah, that's interesting. And actually, it ties in with with this question that Reese has sent in to us. Do you think they're underperforming because they don't want to show their hand, which obviously we've touched on? Are they going to turn up in Japan with a similar with a similar style to how they played in 2011, or just something different? Anyway, I think we could see something very similar from 2011. And you've mentioned it there. We did a lot of Roberts and North did a lot of carrying off ten. So North coming in off the wing, targeting the ten and twelve channels. Roberts, you know, we, we saw him do it for years and years. And I kind of think it's going to be a similar thing. We're going to be reliant on being great at the breakdown 
on turning ball over, on winning penalties and playing in territory, and that kind of strike runners off ten in order to in order to free up some space elsewhere. Yeah, I think we're going to have to, aren't we? Mm. Really looking at looking at the personnel, we're going to have to use Hadley as well, and we can also use a couple of them on the dummy on the dummy run as well. So if Hadley's cutting a, mm. if he's taking a very nice short angle like the one he did. Mm. In, in a number of the games and then he runs that same line but we're, we're coming out the back to North or Adams yeah. and then going wide so I, we'll, we'll see a fair bit of we'll see a fair bit of difference I would have said Right well that's pretty much it uh, we also had a question which I think we, we've covered from the Welsh Dragon who again replied uh, sorry asked us with regards to uh, our attacking play and whether we're keeping something back I'm pretty sure we've we've covered that in the last 45 minutes or so but thank you again very much for listening as we keep saying we've got so much stuff coming up for you including our biggest ever guest should we reveal that Dan? yeah why not so we've got Sam Warburton coming on which is a massive coup for us we're really really delighted touch wood and we don't have any mistakes with regards to recording equipment as I did with Jamie Roberts famously but it's yeah the biggest guest we've ever had on we're speaking to Sam next week and uh, the, the podcast will be out in time for Rugby World Cup so massively excited about that one and uh, yeah he's coming on he's, he's got a new book coming out so we're going to talk to him about that we're going to talk to him about his career and of course the upcoming Rugby World Cup so that is a really exciting one for us to have on the podcast he'll get into our he'll uh, get into our Fantasy 15 of, of guests we've had on, wouldn't you say? Yeah, we squeeze, squeeze, yeah, squeeze him in. Yeah, I, I quite like having uh, having John Taylor in there as well from a different era. So maybe Sam will have to Good move over to six. Yeah, so. You always liked him at six. I do, yeah, oh, mate. Any, anywhere he's in the side. So yeah, we're, we're mega excited about that one. So be sure to, to stay tuned and, and catch that one with us. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the Ross Harris one yet, I'd recommend you go back and have a listen. We've had some great feedback about that one. And if you do enjoy the podcast that we make, if we could ask you, write us a review on iTunes. It helps us out massively and it helps other people who are into Welsh rugby find the podcast. So yeah, leave us a review. Keep tweeting us at Attacking Scrum. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, however you want to get in touch with us. But we've got loads coming up and we're really, really excited about Rugby World Cup. So stay tuned to the Attacking Scrum. Again, final big thanks to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. We'll be back to talk rugby with you very, very soon. Podcast Network.